glad I'm one of your favourite people. That's, that's a good place to start. The minister needed a, um, needed a new car, so he goes to the local car dealer and he spots a, a blue hatchback on the lot and it's got a ticket price of $14,000, but he's only got $10,000 to spend. So he goes into the office and sees the salesman and says, listen, it's a bit overpriced, but would you accept an offer? Would you, would you drop your price a bit, maybe, maybe to 10? And the salesman says, no, you know, I could come down to 12, but, but not 10. And the, the, the minister says, look, he says, I've only got $10,000. That's all I've got. I'm just a poor preacher. And the salesman says, yep, I know, I've heard you. There's another minister of a it's, a, it's a morning for ministers this morning. Another, another minister was, um, was a pastor of a, a small country church and he looked after most things as ministers do. <laughs> and he looked after, oversaw the Sunday school and there was a couple of little wild brothers in there who were causing a bit of havoc in the Sunday school. And after a while they had realised that in the calf, in the associated calf, there were some biscuits went missing and one of the, some money out of the charity box had gone missing as well. And so the, the minister calls these two brothers in to have a chat with them. They're only eight and six years of age. And he said, um, look, you boys, you, you come from a good home and we're in church here. And I mean, where's God in all this, you know? I mean, they just kind of shrugged their shoulders. And he said, well, you know, there's, there's, as you know, there's money gone missing and biscuits have gone missing and, and you're really suspected of doing this. And they just, I mean, where, where is God in all this? At which point the older brother grabbed the younger one by the arm and rushed out the door and said, listen, we've got to get out of here. They've lost God and they're blaming us for it. Many people echo the minister's uh, question of where's God in all this? And um, particularly so today with so much t- turmoil and stuff happening in our world. And, and I guess even we ask the question as well, where is God in all this? But it's more challenging and sometimes more embarrassing when other people ask of us and we struggle to find an answer sometimes. And somehow expressing that in the middle of this turmoil, at the centre of the universe, there is a loving God. And I think sometimes that would be a very good question for us to look at in church. Where is God in all this? But this morning I want us to reaffirm for a start that God is not lost. God is not lost. We know his presence we sense his presence. We know that he is here this morning. We know that when we, we travel to work or to school, wherever we are tomorrow, that God is with us. It's a promise. God is, even in the darkest times of life, God is our refuge and our strength. Psalm 46. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. God does not assist us from a distance God is close by, and no matter, no matter what your world has been like in the last 24 hours or in the last week, God is with you, walking beside you through the darkest of times, willing to offer his help and assisting and guiding you through, and wanting to bless and to do all he can to pour his favour out upon your life. He's a good God. He really is. 
So this morning, I want us to explore how we can best um, position ourselves to experience his presence in our lives so that we can make a difference in the world that he has placed us in. Okay? So I'm going to, it's a bit of a, I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey because I've been reading, I've been thinking about some scripture, meditating, and, and kind of just working through some stuff. So I want you to work through it with me. We're going to go, you could call this a bit of a road trip. We're going to go on this together. So, you, you know, buckle up, you know, set it, get yourself set for, we don't know where we're going. I mean, there's a bit of a, the GPS hasn't charted this path before. So it's a little bit of an unknown territory for me and maybe for you. But I trust as we work through it, we'll get to a place where we understand God's presence in changing us and making us effective for the world that he's placed us in. All right? So when I was about 11 or 12, I made a boat out of paper mache. And my parents or dad had a, an eight-foot fiberglass dinghy which I put on upside down on a couple of saw stools, covered it in Vaseline, and then I got as much newspaper as I could from the neighbours and mixed up paper, um, wallpaper paste, and layer upon layer upon layer, I made this paper mache dinghy, about 60 layers of newsprint on this boat. And when I'd finished about 60 layers, I thought that was enough, and so I fiberglassed it and I painted it a bright green. And then I took it off the mould because the Vaseline allowed it to just slip off, turn it over, and I put some Rolex holders in there and a seat to sit on, and I fiberglassed the inside as well. But I didn't paint the inside because I wanted, to, I wanted the inside to be clear so that when I was rowing, I could read the newspaper. Um, <laughs> and anyway, we launched the boat. It um, took it over on the back of a truck and launched it at Parramatta. And it went really well. And it was awesome beside the bridge there, you know, the place at Parramatta with kids play on that. It was a great boat. And then we took it up to Waikanae where, my, where we had a family batch at El Rancho. And we had, I had it stored beside the creek one day over a couple of weeks. But unknown to me, it had a little hole in the, in the, inside the hull. And water got in and deteriorated the newsprint and the paper mache and demolished, just wrecked the boat. The point is, the boat worked really well when it was in the water, but it was no good when the water got in the boat. I guess we've all heard the saying, um, in the world, but not of it. You've heard that saying? And that comment kind of reflects the Christian's attitude or the, the Christ follower's attitude of what it's like to be in the world. We're in the world, but we're not tainted or soiled by the dirtiness that's in the world. We're there, but not of it. It's a, a saying that's loosely taken from um, John 17, which we'll look at shortly. But basically, the boat is in the water, but the water is not in the boat. You with me? Okay. So even the best of boats leak sometimes. And that's why boats have bilge pumps to discharge the water that somehow gets inside the boat. And it seems that no matter how hard we try, that wherever we are, somehow the world's thinking and behaviours can seep into and leak into 
our boat and our hull. Our exposure to the world means that we can be influenced by the culture that we live in. Maybe, you know, you're at a party and a bunch of guys and some, some sort of offhand jokes are being told and, and you laugh and then you remember a joke that you were told some years ago and you retell the joke. And all of a sudden the water starts to seep in to the hull. Or perhaps you're, um, you're watching a TV program with some friends and some demeaning or degrading humour is part of the program. And rather than turn it off, you continue to watch and you're kind of condoning what's being said or portrayed on the screen. And the water of that kind of thinking is seeping in. Or maybe it might attend at the checkout counter and the cashier doesn't tally up your purchases properly and you find that you've got $150 worth of goods but they're only charging you $70. What do you do? And you know that Everybody else just walks right through and doesn't do anything about it. And you look around, you see, gee, these people must be making a lot of money. It's a big building, lots of staff, and you know, oh, what the heck? And the, the, the leak of dishonesty or deceit can seep into the boat. Or maybe, guys, you're on a computer and, you know, you, you, click, a, you click onto a few sites and all of a sudden you get onto a site where you shouldn't be and you know it and you stay there. And you get aroused there. And before long, the leak of pornography seeps in. Or maybe, ladies, you're, you're on your way to Lower Hut to buy a Bible for your husband's birthday. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you turn the corner and the bright lights and the big sign of Queensgate Mall are there. <laughs> You know, where I, you know where I'm going, eh? <laughs> and all of a sudden you, you forget the Bible and you forget your husband as well. And, and the car just finds its way into the car park in the mall. Women can go to the mall and come out alive. But guys can't. <laughs> you know what I think? I mean, Satan, the devil, made Queensgate Mall. And... And guys, if you go there, don't, for goodness sake, sit on one of those seats in the concourse. Because that's where your wife will place her husband while she goes shopping for a very long time. I've seen, I saw a man who was been there, with, he had cobwebs all hanging off him. He'd been there for 27 years, he was a corpse. Don't go there, please. Go to Queensgate, but don't sit down on one of those seats. We might be having a funeral for you here a few years later. Anyway, where was I going with all that before? The water begins to seep into the boat. And fairly soon, rather than being in the world but not of the world, we are in the world and the world is seeping in. See, it's easy to be soiled and to be tainted. And that's why many of us find Sunday morning a bit of a respite, don't we? Because we know we can come here and we're with people who think like us, we don't swear, don't tell dirty jokes, we don't, we're not hearing blasphemy, we're here, we're in company that, that thinks and, and kind of behaves like we do. So Sunday morning is a bit of a respite for that. 
In fact, Sunday morning can be like the bilge pump, can't it? Where the, the, the mess that, or the taint of the soil of the week has come in and seeped into our, the hull of our boat, if you like. We can come in and sense that it can be discharged and we can be washed and cleansed by the fact that we're in God's presence here with others who just think and believe the way that we do. So how can we live well? How can we live effectively in the world that God's placed us in? But also live in such a way that we change the world and it does not change us. Now I believe that John 17 has a real key for us there. John 17, Jesus is... um, facing the darkness of Gethsemane. And he is aware of what is going to happen to him. He was aware that that his time on earth is nearing completion and that he is, is about to give his life in order for this disturbed, disrupted world to be put right, in order for the sin of mankind to be dealt with. He is going to have to die as a substitute, and he acknowledges this before to his father. But after that, he, he prays for his disciples, and he prays for not just the 12, but for those who will follow. That's us. And he prays for three things. He prays that we will, we will be protected from the evil one. Now, that's pretty powerful. That, I mean, God could, sorry, Jesus could have prayed for a number of things, but he, just three things he prayed for. One, that we would be protected from the enemy. That goes to show they, there is power in what the enemy can do and his influence over our lives. Jesus prayed that we would be protected from that. He prayed also that we would be one. All his followers would be as one, just as he and the Father are one. And lastly, he prayed that his joy would be complete in us. Wow. That his joy, not our joy, but his joy would be complete in us. That's awesome. And then he asks God, to his Father, to sanctify us or to consecrate us, to set us apart for the mission that is ahead of, of us. And then he says these words, As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Now, I'll be honest, I've looked at that verse several times and just recently, again, and I'm thinking, if I'm sent here, I must have been sent from somewhere. In fact, I can't remember leaving here, this world, to go somewhere where I've been sent from to come back here. Do you know what I'm saying? No, you don't. Okay. Okay. Right, I knew this. I knew this road trip was going to be tricky. You might have to get out. You might. We might have. We might be off the track. You might have to get get out and push me a wee bit. You know, but if if I'm sent into the world, I've got to be sent from somewhere. You with me? You with me now? And if I'm sent, I now I know there there's God's world and there's my world. But I want to I want to make this kind of really accessible and understandable this morning if I can if you can if we can journey through with this so what have I it's helped me I think I'm not I'm coming back okay (laughs) right 
Can you see, can you, can you see that? Anybody? Okay. Um, excuse the, uh, the writing. It was done by someone in the crate, I'm sure. Um, okay. The descent into is my location. That's where I live. That's the place that God has sent me into. And for me, it's my home, it's my family, it's my friends, it's my, it's my business, it's the acquaintances I have in the business, it's contractors, it's clients, it's, it's merchants, it's salespeople, it's, it's, the wider, it's the world in which God has placed me in, my neighbours, my street, my town, the city in where I live, it's the organisations I'm part of, it's, it's my fishing buddies, it's, it's, it's my church, it's my location. So the into is my location. Now my location is different than yours. Yours will, could be your classroom, your, your office, or maybe the company that you run, your friends, your family, and your community group that you're a part of. Whatever it is, that's the sent into that is the location. This is the world where I, where I live. This is where, where I engage, where I converse, where I, where I live my life with others. The into is our location. This is the water in which my boat floats, if you like. Okay? Right. Descent from... Excuse Excuse that. Descent from is my formation. All right? This is where I am put together. This is where my thinking, where my behavior is developed. This is where I'm shaped. This is where I become who I become. This is what makes me me, my source of formation. This is where I'm sent from. All right? This is where my, my thinking, where my behaviour is developed. This is the place that's set aside for me to change. Here, not there. I'm set aside to be changed here. You with me so far? Okay. This place here is where I'm informed how to live there. This place here is where I am empowered how to live effectively there. You got me? Right. Okay. In the late 1960s, Neil Young. Who remember, who's never listened? Remember Neil Young? Okay. Showing your age there, guys. Neil Young wrote a song called Helpless. And in the song, he's reflecting back on his growing up in a small town in North Ontario, Canada. And he remembers some of the good things and some of the bad things of his childhood, his growing up. And one of the lines of the song is, all my changes were there. All my changes were there. And I just want to thank Neil Young right now for allowing the words of his song to be the title of a sermon on a Sunday morning. <laughs> All my changes were there. So I've, I want to be able to stand over here. I want to be able to stand at this point in location where I live, the place that God has put me in, and then say, All my changes were back there. My source of formation. Why is this important? 
Well, firstly, we're going to be shaped, moulded, and influenced somewhere. It's a fact of life. We will be shaped somewhere. We're all in a location that can influence us, that can entice and change and shape us there. It happens. And see, we can, we can actually... I'm getting confused now. Um, just well, there's not three of them. We, we can put on very good glasses that come from here and look through lens, lenses that are, that are perfect and get a real and a true understanding of God, his world, of us and our place in his world when we are formed and our worldview is formed here. Or we can put on cheap glasses over here and look through distorted lenses and gain an inaccurate view of God, his world, and the way that we live in his world. So it's really important that our lives and our thinking and our behaviour happens at the source, where I'm sent from, my formation. Okay? If we're not shaped there, we'll be shaped there. It's a fact of life, folks. You'll be influenced, you'll be, you'll be enticed there if you haven't allowed God to shape you here. Everything about us will be shaped, will be moulded, will be formed somewhere. There's a recent phenomenon that I dislike with a vengeance, and that is the, the influencer on social media. Don't you just hate that? And yet we are all influenced. Do you think about it? We are all influenced. We're all wearing something this morning. I mean, we are. We're all wearing something this morning. But we all we all washed our hair with a particular shampoo, or brushed our teeth with a you know, with a toothpaste, or we had a, a breakfast this morning, or watched a certain brand of television last night, or drove a certain car here this morning, because we were influenced by the advertising industry. So we are all influenced somehow. We're influenced on, on what we spend our money on, what gives life meaning and value, what we should pursue and how important we are, how important other people are, what others think of us, what we think of them, what, we sh what should we dream for. And most of us are easily influenced. That's why we have an advertising industry. I, when I was about nine or ten, I took a school report home which not always a wise thing to do. If you can hide it somewhere and get away with it, it's a good thing. But this school report said, Trevor is easily led and he encourages others into mischief. <laughs> so, so Dad pulled me aside and said, my, now come here, my boy. It was always my boy if I was done something wrong. So, what does this mean? I said, well, Dad, easily led means that I follow instructions. And encouraging, encouraging others means that I'm a good leader. <laughs> anyway, but, but most of us, you know, most of us are easily led, aren't, aren't we? we? We are. We're easily influenced. The other day I, I looked at some machinery from my workshop and I thought, gee, I could do with that. 
And then I had a second thought, and I thought, I've actually already got a machine, two machines that together do just about the same job. I don't need that. But for a moment there, I was, I was enticed to buy something I didn't really need. You know, we're easily influenced. Now, I'm not a prude, but, but um, I've given up being, even watching a lot of rubbish now. I don't watch TV much at all. I don't. I don't follow blogs and the use of stuff. And and it, you know, I, I have a very realistic view of our culture because I live there. That's my place. I mean, I work and I work amongst builders. I mean, they can be rough on the edges. They can be rough on the inside as well. But I live there, so I know what the world is like. But I've I've had to. I've I've washed stuff away that I don't need. Why? Because I know that it can, can trip my thinking and begin to shape me in a way that I should really be shaped right here. See, I don't need to, you don't need to put your hand into the sewer to know how dirty it is. Why? Because you know where it comes from. Okay. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, and it's J.B. Phillips. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mould. But let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. So when you're squeezed into the world's mould, what does that mean? It means that you look just like that. Now, to a certain extent, we do look, I mean, we, we're marching in the same parade, aren't we? We march in the parade with everybody else, but we are listening to a different drum, a different drum that comes from here. You understand? You're right. I might just read that, that same passage from, if I can. I've got Dino's habit of taking my glasses off when I'm reading in the, um, in the message, it says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed, maturity in you. So the place of formation must be from where we were sent. Okay? Must be the source of where we've come from. You're with me there. Second reason is that I'm unable to change where I live if it changes me. I have to be different. I have to be different in order to bring change there. I have to walk differently, think differently. That comes from here in order to bring change over there. The last verse of Romans 12 concedes that we live in a world that is foreign to us, that is evil. And it says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. We can only do that when we've been changed in this area here allowing us to bring change over there. How's our road trip? All right? You with us? Okay. Has anybody said, are we there yet? (laughs) There'll be a toilet stop in about 10 minutes. All right. Okay. 
All right. Can we have Psalm 1 up, please, Robin? Okay. Psalm 1 is a really, it's a great introduction to the book of Psalms. And the very first word has got the word blessed. Blessed is the one who does not walk. So the word blessed, blessed here means to, to have God's favour resting over your life, to be, extre- in fact, extremely, very, very happy. But also in Psalm 1, the word blessed means those who have set their life straight, those who are walking in a correct path, blessed. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So when this psalm talks about two ways to live your life, there are only two ways, and the two ways are defined or determined by what influences your life. So here in the first verse is, blessed is one who does not walk in step with the wicked. One of the translations says who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, who is not influenced, who does not listen to and obey or adhere to what others are saying. There is a downward spiral here. The, in, the, in the Old Testament, the word wicked and sinners is very, very similar. But the word wicked means really those who, who have not or have rejected God's values and God's principles, okay? Sinners are those who have rejected God totally. Scoffers or mockers are those who sit and laugh or jeer, scoff at God, his people, and God's ways, okay? See, there's a downward progression, you call it a progression or regression, sort of, of those who walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way and sit, walking, is kind of it's 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 listening. It's 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 kind of visiting territory. Standing is taking some time there. Sitting down is taking up residence. Living there, you know, that's where you've chosen to exist. There's a downward progression there. But then it says, "But the blessed man, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law." Day and night. Now I, that is really. We're not just talking about reading scripture endlessly. It means taking the the principles and the the truths of the Word of God and assimilating it into your life so that it becomes part of who you are. And that's your source. That's the information. So formation has two parts. It's where we are informed and it's where we are transformed. Okay? We're informed by reading God's word. There's no two ways about that. And look, I can sometimes, I don't read a lot of the Bible. I, can, I can't remember the last time I've read the Bible through. But I'll tell you, I do meditate on a number of scriptures Psalm 1, I've spent weeks just ingesting it, you know, and different translations, having a look at what it means and, and kind of just soaking it into my life because I know that that's helping to form who I am. 
And when it's forming who I am, I can then live a lot better over there. You with me? Okay. Secondly, um, let's read the, can we read the rest of that? Uh, yeah, the, that, person, that person is like a tree. That is the, the blessed man, the one who soaks in God's word, his principles is like a tree, planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. So the psalmist here is, is picking up, an, a, a, I guess, an agrarian or a kind of a, um, what would you call it, a, a analogy from farming or, or whatever. And he's using the metaphor of a tree that's, the real meaning is not planted, but transplanted. A tree that is transplanted, taken out of a barren or an arid situation where it's not getting nourished, it's not getting fed, but then it's placed, transplanted. In fact, if you read a couple of the versions and to do some study, you'll see that the streams of water is actually the Garden of Eden. It's referring to Eden itself. And so the, the, the man who is blessed, who reads this here, soaks it in, will end up as a tree that is transplanted back into the goodness and the favour of God's blessing. Isn't that a good thing? Transformed. Yep. And so part of this transformation, part of here, I just want to, as we wrap this up and finish our journey, um, part of this transformation is to pray. Spend time in prayer. Bruce, a couple of weeks ago, spoke on prayer. If you weren't here, listen to it on the podcast. It's a great message. Now, prayer, prayer changes us. Okay, not only changes our circumstances, but changes us. Remember that prayer is not just a button to be pushed, but it's a relationship to be pursued. Okay. Now, in prayer, can I just a few little hints here in prayer? Viv has this. Um, favorite verse that goes something like this says um, just because a man is bald it doesn't mean he's a leper <laughs> no that's not her that's not her favorite verse <laughs> it's a good verse though hey eh? hey Pete <laughs> husbands honor your wives that's another verse that's good too um, especially after today um, but Viv has this verse that she that she quotes a lot and I know that she lives by it a lot is that it's from Isaiah 26, and it says, He will keep in perfect peace who's, who, trusts, who trusts him, those who trust him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. Isn't that good? Whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. And so even when we're not praying as such, long prayers through the day, we can have our thoughts Turn towards the Lord. I don't know how many of you have heard of a, a spiritual discipline called the daily examine. You do it? Do you do it? No. I've, I've just started doing it, eh? It just started. Daily examine was a spiritual discipline that was, I think it came from um, a priest called Ignatius in the 16th century. And it's a five-step, just takes 10 or 15 minutes that you do 
once a day or several times a day that just reflects your life on where it's at at the moment with God at that particular time and then looks forward to the next part of your day or the next day. Really good, of a good practical way of turning your thoughts often to the Lord. So I'd encourage you to Google and find out the steps to the daily examine. I trust that, just as we, as we close, that, that all of us could, could stand here this week and this month and this year or next year in 20 years' time and look back and say, my changes came from there. That's where my changes were made. Yeah, over there. Not here, but because my changes were there, I've been able to shape and change my world here. Let's pray. Father, we do. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you've promised to bless. We know that the blessing of God in our lives is conditional, but Lord, we want to place ourselves in a position where we just receive your favour, receive your goodness and your blessing upon us and upon those we love upon those we care for as well. We pray that, Lord, you would touch our lives, even this morning as we continue. Speak to us. Engage with us. May your Holy Spirit just bring change, radical change to us in our decision-making, where we've decided to to change, and how you're going to bring those um, effective lifestyle changes about and how we live. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to... Maybe this morning you've, you know that you've been influenced here, over there, more than you should be. The water has seeped in, you know. There's, there's been a leak in the hull and, and you keep on discharging it when you come to church. And, but it, but, it, but it, still, it still taints your life. And you need to make a choice of this is where your changes are going to be, not there. This is what's going to influence you, not there. Or perhaps this morning you've, you know that you're living in an arid and a dry place and that God in a supernatural way has to transplant you and put you back by a stream, right beside a stream of living water where you can gain the nourishment and the strength that you need to live well and to live effectively. And so that your leaves will always, your fruit will always prosper and your leaves will never wither. Don't be like the, the wicked whose chaff are blown away. So I'm going to ask, just as, just as we sing, maybe there's someone here, just even right now, if, if God is speaking to you about a change that happens from there to here, maybe you just want to stand and just acknowledge that and say, God, I want to make a shift in my life. I want, you, I want you to do something new within me this morning. If I've got to be re- transplanted, transplant me, God. Just where you are, just stand. Can you do that? If God's speaking to you, anybody? Cool. Anybody else? His presence is here. He wants to shift you. I'm asking because I don't believe that we should leave here the same as we walked in. God wants to do something new in our life. Thank you, yeah, I see. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, you need to shift. God needs to shape you. Maybe you've taken too much influence from this side. 
your location. And you need to say, God, I want to be sourced. I want to be shaped from my source where I'm from. God needs to do that for you. The blessing of God. Yeah, good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, let's pray. Stay standing. Yeah. Father, we thank you for all you've done for us. We thank you that we've just, we've heard this morning how you died so that we could live and we live in the freshness of resurrection life. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. We bless you for that. We acknowledge how blessed we are because of what you've done. And Lord, I just commit these people to you now and I pray that in your the capacity is the all-knowing God. You know their deepest aspirations and their dreams, their hurts and their pains and their failings. Lord, I pray that you'll do a work in their life as they are transplanted in you and find life and find nourishment and the strength to live effectively in the way that you've called them to live. Bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.